Hello, hello, everybody. You are listening to Throne Room Thoughts with Tanisha. The Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. My hope and prayer for everyone listening to this podcast is that you'll receive the tools to boldly declare power and victory over your life in Jesus Christ. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Throne Room Thoughts with Tanisha. How are you all during this most wonderful time of the year? It is holiday time, Christmas time. This is a beautiful time of the year. I really love the holidays. I love all the holidays stemming from the fall um, all throughout the winter. So I like all the coziness and the family activities surrounding the holidays. It's a wonderful time of the year. How are you all? What do you guys have planned for the holidays? I'm renting a cabin. I've actually already rented a cabin upstate and like legitimately my entire family is going upstate to this cabin and we are gonna have a grand old time for three whole days. I think it's gonna be super dope. I'm really looking forward to it because I'm corny like that and I love traditions and I love when we're all together. I love having my siblings with me. And so I am looking forward to having a really, really good time. This is my youngest daughter's first Christmas. Layla Jade is going to be five months old. So this is her first Christmas and that's pretty exciting. So me and her dad are planning on having a nice little time with her and her big sister and her big brother will be there. And so I think it'll be a really, really dope time. I hope you guys have some really nice things planned for the holiday. So we are gathered here today for another episode of Throne Room Thoughts. I love Throne Room Thoughts. I love figuring out the different ways that God promises things to me and sharing those things with you guys. And I love to talk about the power and the divine right that we have to the wonderful, abundant, overflowing life that God has planned for us. So let's get right into it. This is the first segment of the podcast for those joining for the first time. This is a segment where we identify a preaching potential quote of the day. Why is it called preaching potential? Because it's a quote that we could actually dig deeper into and pull some really good meaning out of. And so the preaching potential quote of the day today comes from None other than Pastor Stephen Furtick. I know, I know. A lot of my quotes come from him. I really dig him. And um, I listen to his sermons a lot. There are quite a few pastors that I listen to regularly in addition to my pastor at my local church. And um, I do this because I think that there is a lot to be learned and a lot of different perspectives to be to be had and to take into consideration on this journey called life that we're trying to do. And so I think it's helpful to have different perspectives, different understandings and different viewpoints that lend themselves to helping us understand God in a broader, better way. So Pastor Stephen Furtick said, the presence of God isn't a place to bypass your emotions. It's a place to process them. The presence of God isn't a place to bypass 
your emotions. It's a place to process them. And I just love that because I think a lot of times we think that we have to dress ourselves up for God, put on a front for him, get ourselves together, clean our act up before we go to God and before we address him. And the reality is that couldn't be further from the truth. The best thing we could do for ourselves is to sit with God in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our brokenness and in that space when we're feeling lost and we don't know where else to turn. That's a that's the perfect place and the opportune time to sit with God, to process what's going on with you, to process where your life is at and how, you know, for some of us, we find ourselves in situations where we are so far removed from where we thought we would be. Things have turned out so differently than we planned or anticipated. And it's in those places that it's the perfect time to seek God. Give him your sorrow. Give him your pain. Exchange that for his joy and for his peace and for his love. And so I really, really love that Pastor Stephen Frederick points that out. It is not a place to bypass your emotions, but it's a place to process them. Okay, so let's get into what we're talking about today. So during this most wonderful time of the year, I thought it would be good to touch on the topic of self-love, appreciating ourselves holding ourselves down, being a, a friend to ourselves, and and then making our decisions and operating from that place of self-love. I think a lot of times we're operating from a place of brokenness, dysfunction, misunderstanding, and when that is our paradigm and our frame of reference, especially when it's been that way for some time. When that is the the place we're operating from, then we are liable to make all kinds of decisions. We get into relationships that we have no business in. We stay in relationships longer than we need to be staying in them. We stay in friendships that are not growing, friendships that are not healthy for us with people that we, we outgrew them a long time ago or people that are not of the same mindset, not of the same goals, don't have the same drives or visions as us. And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about being your own best friend first about what it what it means and what it takes to love yourself and to operate from that place of not only loving yourself but of um, understanding who you are in Jesus and how much he loves us so let's pray really quickly before we start father God thank you for another opportunity to engage in throne room thoughts podcast to have a conversation that draws people closer to you to have a dialogue that enlightens people's awareness of you and understanding of who you are and who we are in you and through you lord i pray that something that is said on this podcast affects somebody in a dynamic way and that something that is said brings a new revelation to someone and a new understanding to someone lord god especially those who are desperate for a new mindset and desperate for a new understanding in jesus name amen so listen as always I'm on social media. I'm checking things out. I'm looking at what's going on. And there is a lot of talk about, you know, people can't be trusted. People are not real friends or relationships that have gone south and things of that nature. And these are um, natural parts of life, natural parts of of 
relationship and being in relationship and communication with other people, relationships and relationships thrive, relationships grow, relationships die. That's just the circle and the cycle of life. Um, But what I think is interesting is as human beings, we have a natural tendency to point the finger at the other person, to point blame at the other person. We're in a relationship with a significant other or in a marriage and it doesn't work out. It's the other person's fault. You've suffered through abuse, whether it be physical, emotional, and mental, and the different ways that relationships can become toxic, and then that's the other person's fault. You've invested all of your time, you stayed in the relationship for X amount of years, and it doesn't work out, and it's the other person's fault. The friendship has gone south, the person betrayed you, the person deceived you, and then it's the other person's fault. And sometimes, and I definitely posted about this yesterday, Sometimes there are other parties who are responsible. There's no doubt about that, right? Because if you're in a relationship with somebody and they they deceive you, there's infidelity or there's abuse, that's certainly not your fault. If you're in a friendship that you've, you've been good to the person, you've been reliable, you've been loving, and they have not reciprocated that, that's certainly not your fault. But fault and responsibility don't have anything to do with each other. Why? Because Something could be someone else's fault. Somebody could inflict pain on you, inflict trauma on you, put you through something that you have no right going through. But the onus is on you of how you're going to receive that and now walk in that and move forward in light of what has happened, right? So that responsibility isn't on the other person. That responsibility is on us, And I always say the moment you look at yourself as a change agent, the moment you see yourself as somebody that has power in your life and power in the various circumstances that we find ourselves in, the moment you will no longer have the victim mentality, you'll no longer have bitterness, you'll no longer have unforgiveness. You won't struggle with moving forward in a healthy manner because a lot of people think they moving forward. A lot of times we get out of bad relationships, we get out of toxic situations, and we swear we're moving forward. And we move forward in one of three ways. We hit the streets because when you're in a relationship, sometimes there's a period where it's all about the relationship and all about what, you know, the everyday nuances of maybe having kids, having a spouse, or whatever the case, having a boyfriend or girlfriend. And so you're not really connected like that to what's going on in in the social scene. So we hit the streets because we've been absent for a while. We get consumed with life because after all, we have jobs, we have kids, we have other responsibilities. And so those things easily take up your time and distract you. So we get consumed with life or we get into a whole nother relationship. So we move on in one of three ways. Like I said, we either get consumed with life, we get into a whole nother relationship, or we get back into the social scene and we get occupied and distracted with hanging out with friends and and partying and that kind of thing, right? So these are the, the different ways in which we move on. None of those ways are healthy ways of processing the death of a relationship, the loss of a loved one, the absence of a person and a being that has been in your life for X amount of time. None of those ways are going to be helpful to you because what you need to do is process what has happened and figure out now how will you operate in a way that yields different results. 
if you get distracted and buried in life and what's going on around you, what's going on with your kids, what's going on with your job or your career, those things will stunt your growth. Those things will lend themselves to you feeling like this person now owes you because of all the time you put in. This person, you know, you, you have bitter feelings towards the person because you may feel like they wasted your time or you may feel like they did you so dirty that they're not worthy of you cultivating a healthy communication with them or cultivating a decent relationship with them. And so what you want to do is take responsibility and take ownership. Yes, I stayed in this relationship because of my kids. Own it. Yes, I stayed in this relationship because I loved him. Own it. Maybe I stayed in this relationship because I just didn't want to be alone. I've been with this person for so long, I didn't know how to not be with them. Whatever the reason is, and you have the right to your reasons, but own them. Own them as yours. Don't make them about the other person. Own them as your reasons. I stayed in this relationship because I didn't want to be by myself. It's better to, it was better to be with someone than to be lonely. Okay, and that's fine. But those are your reasons and they need to be owned as yours so that going forward, you could acknowledge, okay, granted, this is the reason I did that, but I now know that that's not a good enough reason. That's not an acceptable reason. And so the first thing you got to do is be willing to own what your responsibility is in this situation. We can't control what goes on with other people. You will get so consumed in the idea of sending the, the nasty text message, posting the subliminal posts to get at the person and to, to make it known that there's a, a, a rift going on between you and the other person. These kind of things, you don't want to cultivate a toxic environment in your mind and in your spirit. You don't want to hold on to anger and rage and bitterness in your spirit. You want your life to be a free-flowing environment for the blessings of God to flow in. You don't want to be contributing. Heaven forbid we contribute or we be the cause of stopping up the flow of the blessings and blocking the flow of God's blessings in our lives. So the best thing you could do is own it, eat it, take responsibility for the part that you played in this situation. The other important aspect of it or the other important principle to bear in mind is we have to fix our identity in Jesus. Sometimes we want things from people that we don't give to ourselves. We want somebody to be loyal to us. We want somebody to be trustworthy. We want somebody to be dependable and reliable. And we're not that we're not those things to ourselves. When you love yourself, you don't let somebody else take advantage of you. When you're dependable, you don't allow somebody else to come in your life and let you down. You don't allow somebody to disrespect you and to demean you and to degrade you. You don't. It's as simple as that. And again, if you have your reasons for having allowed these behaviors, if you have your own reasons for having created an environment where a person felt safe and comfortable to treat you this way, own those reasons. Don't make it about the other person. Own them for yourself. So at the end of the day, you can't now turn around and say this is that person's fault. You have your reasons why you continue to show up for the dysfunction. You have your reasons why you continue to engage in something that you had no business engaging in. When we are a friend to ourselves, when we understand that Jesus literally thought you were to die for. I don't know anybody that's willing to die for me. My chicken other loves me a great deal. He's a wonderful guy. He is amazing in a million different ways. But I don't know anybody that has been willing to die for me. And that's okay. Jesus already did it. So I don't need anybody else to do it. So it's, it's not a problem. But I say that to say, that's how much you're loved. 
That's how much you're valued. That's how much you mean that Jesus said, I will lay down my life for you so that you can be made whole, so that you can have peace, so that you can have joy, so that you don't have to struggle, so that you can have love and abundance. That's how much Jesus loves you. So now when you understand that, then you know, okay, this is how I need to carry myself and this is what I need to require from other people. It's not to say you're not going to be let down and it's not to say you're not going to be disappointed. But when you have your identity fixed in Jesus, your expectations are different and you carry yourself differently. It's as simple as that. Sometimes we don't carry ourselves well. We use the worst language We dress certain kind of ways and reveal certain kind of things and and portray certain kind of 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 images that are not necessarily the most respectful. And so there are other factors that tie into the experiences that we have. Our experiences are not just isolated things happening to us. Sometimes they're weaved into other areas of our lives that go unchecked and we have to process those areas and process them in a significant way so that we don't repeat those things, duplicate those things. And especially for those of us who have kids, what we don't want to do is have trial and error relationships when we have children. When we have children, I'm sure I could speak for most parents, but when we have children, our wish and our desire is to give them the best, to give them more than we ever had, to give them experiences that exceed what we have experienced, to give them wholeness and health, and to give them a happy joyful childhood. Part of their happiness is contingent upon our happiness. Part of our ability to be able to raise healthy, emotionally stable, mentally stable children that are free of trauma comes from our ability to remain free of trauma and our ability to process our trauma appropriately. They go hand in hand with one another. We like to think we're protecting our children and we're isolating our children from certain things. But we're not because those things will leak out of us and spill onto them inevitably. So we have, especially for us parents, we have a major responsibility to look at ourselves and to understand ourselves and understand what we're doing and where we're going and the best way to move forward. So yes, first of all, take responsibility and take ownership. It isn't fun and it doesn't always feel good, but it is a powerful position to take. And at the end of the day, God has given us a spirit of power. That's what his word says. He's given us a spirit of power and a, and a sound mind and, a, and of self-discipline. And so I don't intend to live my life in any way that's contradictory to what God says. If God says he gave me power, then look, he gave me power. So that's it. And there is a lot of power in taking responsibility and taking ownership um, and fixing your identity in Jesus. He loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. And so when you have a friendship or you have a relationship, you have a spouse, there needs to be a level of respect in that relationship and in that communication. There needs to be a level of love and loyalty in that situation. Um, The other piece of it that ties into it that I want to briefly touch on as well is keep things in a proper perspective. Sometimes we exalt people over God. Sometimes we worship our relationships. I'm just going to have to say it. I got to say it. It has to be said. Sometimes we worship our relationships. We idolize our significant others. We idolize our children. 
We idolized our, our other loved ones. We idolized our jobs. Let's look at um, a couple of things that the Bible says about trust and where we should place our trust. In Psalm 125 and 1, it says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. Not those who trust in their relationship. Not those who trust what their boyfriend said or what their husband said or what their girlfriend said or what their wife said. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. This is not to say that we can't have standards and that people in our lives cannot be held to a standard. This is to say we should always keep things in their proper perspective. God is the head of it all. God is the source of it all. He is the center of it all. And so when a person disappoints us from a certain situation, we have to exalt God over that situation. We have to magnify God over our feelings and our emotions so that he can help us process it and help us determine the wisest way to proceed. Um, Jeremiah 17 and 5 says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So we see again, the common theme is your heart is not with God. You're trusting in people more than you're trusting in God. You're trusting in that friendship and relying in that friendship more than you're trusting in God. And God says, curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. God has to be the source. He doesn't want to share us with anybody else. He doesn't want to share his glory with not one soul. And so whenever our relationship gets to a place where it is devoid of God and where there is no presence of compassion, love, dedication, commitment, covenant, respect, that's going to be an issue. You're going to find issues in that relationship. You're going to find turmoil in that relationship. The devil, especially in the context of a marriage, the devil hates marriage. He hates anything that God has ordained and created. So when you're looking at a marriage relationship, the devil is always going to try to attack you and or your spouse or your children, whoever is involved in that institution. And so if you're not on the front line of that attack via your prayers, your declarations, speaking affirmations of love, of covenant, of fidelity, of strength over your relationship, then again, it leaves your relationship susceptible to all kinds of different things. Psalm 118 and 9 says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. So again, there is a theme here that trusting in God is the way to go. Trusting in him first and foremost, having him be the final say and the final source is the way to go. And so once we understand who we are, how much we're loved, how much we're valued, then we could begin to be a better friend to ourselves. It begins with self. I always say this. It begins with self. I know it doesn't feel that way. If somebody just, if your spouse just cheated on you or your significant other just cheated on you, you are not going to think it begins with self. If you're in an abusive relationship, you're not going to think it begins with self. If your friend has betrayed you, taken your secrets, ran with them, told them, spread them all over the place, you're not going to think it begins with self. But self is the only person you have control over. So you might as well start there. You might as well be introspective, look within, have an have an accurate insight. The Bible says you have to have an accurate insight of yourself. It doesn't say you have to have an accurate insight of the other person. It says you have to have an accurate insight of yourself because once you are changed and you are renewed, 
and you are strengthened by God and by his word, by the power of his Holy Spirit, then your whole outlook will be different. Your whole decision making process will be different. So whatever has happened to you will legit officially be in the past. None of that stuff will repeat itself again because now you come into the table with a different mindset completely. You come into the table with all of the residue from that old situation off of you. You're not even coming with that baggage. You're not even coming with that experience anymore. You're coming with the wisdom from that experience and none of the weight. You're coming with the principles that you're going to apply and none of the pain. This is the trade-off when we put God in the mix. We trade the pain and now we have principles. We trade the, the anger and now we have acceleration. You, you make that trade. You trade any feeling of resentment and now you're renewed. You have regeneration. That's the awesomeness of God so that you don't even have the residue. It's possible for you to have gone through some things. I, I Sometimes I see a me, the memes on um, social media like if I only look like what I've been through. It's possible for God to renew you to the point where no one could tell what you have been through. Only you and God know what you have gone through and what you've had to overcome to maintain your mental stability and to keep yourself going in life. And that's the level that we should all aspire to be at, to take our experiences and allow them to now be stepping stones of wisdom, not go on social media and sound salty and sound bitter. Do you know that regardless of how Valid your point is, regardless of how right you may feel or right you may be convinced that you are, when you go on social media and you air out your business, you only look bitter. You only look angry. You only sound salty. No one, I promise you, no one who really has wisdom, no one who really cares about you, no one who really is walking in the power that God has given us is going to read your meme or read your sub your subliminal post and be like, oh yeah, she right though. Mm-hmm, he right for talking about his child's mother like that. Yup. No, no. Anybody with wisdom, anybody with brains, anybody who's walking in power is going to be like, wow, why did they have to take it to social media though? This is really not the platform for that because it's not. It's everybody's social media to do with what they choose, to post what they choose, to say what they want. That's a given. That's a given. But the topic at hand here is how you become the best person to yourself first. And then how do you cultivate an environment that now attracts the right people to you and creates boundaries where people know that you demand respect, you're worthy of respect and you deserve respect. Period. And so when you when you post in your business and when you, you know, is it entertaining? Yes. Are you going to get likes and, and people root when you want? Of course you are. Because some people are in the same exact mindset and struggling with similar issues and don't know how to navigate those issues and don't know the best way to to get through. And so, you you know, don't let the likes make you think you're right. At the end of the day, check yourself, check your heart. Check your position on things and and see what needs to change so that you can yield different results and different outcomes. I hope somebody is blessed by this. I really didn't want to lay down the hammer. I'm not here to lay down the hammer. I'm only here to share my experience and share what God has to say about that. Share my understanding 
and what God has to say about that. I've been there. I I know it's not easy and I know it's challenging. When I initially broke up with my older daughter's father, I was so angry, so angry and so full of guilt. Honestly, I felt extreme guilt because we ended our relationship when she was super young, super young, probably under a month old. And um, and I was very guilty, very guilty because I felt like I had not given her the shot at a wholesome two-parent household that she deserved and that I so desperately wanted for her. And so I was very ridden with guilt and extremely angry because I felt like he had not tried or put the effort into keeping the family together. And so I had to contend with that. I had to contend with that. And I had to stay by myself for a long time in order for me to deal with that and what that meant. And what I discovered was that I had not been alone long enough from the time that I began dating as a as in my late teens, um, like around senior year in high school. I had not been alone long enough to appreciate myself, to love myself, to understand myself. I was always in a relationship with someone. I was married and, you know, my um, my late husband um, passed away, got sick with cancer and passed away. I desperately had to rebound from that. I couldn't afford to even be alone and process what that meant and what that kind of loss and devastation did. And so I had never been alone long enough to understand myself and love myself and just appreciate my own presence. When you can appreciate your own presence, then you demand that others appreciate it too. You demand that that others love you, respect you, honor you when you can appreciate your own presence. I had not done that. I had not given myself that kind of time. I, and I certainly didn't have the tools to navigate that. So it was during the time that um, I had liberty and I was alone that I decided I was going to have to go through the motions. And it was super tough, super tough and super painful. I mean, I cried out to God constantly and begged him to rid me of the pain of the solitude and loneliness that I had been feeling, especially with a brand new baby. So I get it. I'm certainly not coming from a place of judgment or being harsh or anything like that. But what I will say is God makes all things new. He makes all things new. He regenerates us. He renews us. And like I said, you can get to the place where you don't even have the residue of that stuff on you anymore. And it's a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place to be um, truly unbothered. People say they're unbothered, but then they say negative things about other people or they post negative things. They post subliminal things, shady things, nasty things. And it's like, how are you unbothered? But this is your mindset. Mm, It's something doesn't add up. When you give things to God, when you trust in God more than you trust in anything and you believe wholeheartedly that he will carry you through, then your actions are different. Your response to things are different. And he makes all things new. He regenerates us. And so that's absolutely the thought that I want to leave you with, that he regenerates us and makes us new, brand spanking new and like truly unbothered truly unbothered bothersome things will happen but you won't be brought down by it and you certainly won't feel like you have to stew and dwell in your emotions so just some food for thought some things to ponder on especially like I said during this most wonderful time of the year the gift of self the gift of love that Jesus died for and 
being a friend to yourself first and foremost and making our decisions from that place and that understanding. Um, let's move on to the next segment. What am I listening to now? I am still listening to Jubilee Worship's Atmosphere 2 album. The song that um, well, the first song that I spoke about on the last episode of the podcast was the song called No Bondage. And the other song was called Atmosphere Shift featuring Phil Thompson. And so Atmosphere Shift is really heavy on me this week. And um, that is the song that I am listening to. And it's by Jubilee Worship featuring Phil Thompson. Wonderful, wonderful song. It's all about shifting the atmosphere and it's all about changing the atmosphere and making it a nice, positive atmosphere that where things can grow and thrive where the right things can grow and thrive we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies don't hesitate to send your testimonies in and with your permission i will read them here on the podcast it is always a good thing to hear what god is doing in others it gives us hope and it gives us the courage to go forward and the courage to hang on and trust that god is going to come through for us because if he did it for somebody else he'll do it for you and if he did it for you then he'll do it again so um email me at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com or go on throneroomthoughts.com and fill out the contact form and include your testimonies with your permission i will read them For the month of January, I have an online Bible study, the first ever brought to you by Throne Room Thoughts and myself, Tanisha. We are doing 31 days of wisdom. We are spending the entire month of January looking at the book of Proverbs and looking at what God has to say in terms of um, spiritual growth, character development, finances, and interpersonal relationships. We want to start the year off right, and we want to apply godly wisdom and godly principles to these very important areas of our lives so that we will see God's best manifest. We want to start the year off with God, and we want to get into a really good momentum so that we can see victory in our lives, growth, elevation, acceleration, multiplication, increase. All of those wonderful things. So join us. All you have to do is go to throneroomthoughts.com, click on contacts, fill out the contact information with your email and with your name, and I will send you all the information. This is a free online Bible study. So again, just go to the website, fill out the contact form, and I will email you all of the information for the study schedule, the the corresponding scriptures, and everything of that nature. It's going to be super dope. I'm really looking forward to it. There's about 30 plus of us so far, a little bit over 30 of us so far that's down with the Bible study. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited to see what God will do in us and through us as we honor him with the beginning of our year and honor him throughout the year by applying the principles that we learn. So um, until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye. Come on, somebody open your mouth and worship the Lord in this place.
Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. Stay connected at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com. <laughs>